started this series, the Holy Spirit, and it is the peace, the presence, the promise. The first week we focused on, I mean, a small part of it, you know, a small part of who the Holy Spirit is. I, I can't explain all of the Holy Spirit. That's like me trying to explain the universe to you and how it all works. I don't even know how this whole body works. How can I explain the universe or the Holy Spirit? So we just focused a brief summary. We talked about him not just being the counselor, but he's also our advocate. And when you look up words that are similar to advocate, it talks about the crusader, the fighter. I like that. But the one word that stuck out to me is when he said he's the backer. Of all that heaven spoke into existence, every word that's promised to us in here, the Holy Spirit is the backer of it. Now, if you have ever went and had to try to get a loan, you know that you need a, there's got to be somebody with the money, right? You got the hand out. You want somebody to back that loan, give you that money. That's the Holy Spirit. I like it. He's not only at the top of the resource list that God gives us. He is the very list that all the resources set upon. He carries all those resources of heaven to us. He's the advocate. He's the backer. He's the crusader. And Jesus said that it's better for you if I go away so that I will send the Holy Spirit to you. So it's better for us today than if we even walked with Jesus back then. Oh, the advocate. I want us to get to a place where we are constantly aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. That's what this whole series is about, is to help us become aware that the Holy Spirit is always with us. He's not just with us when we walk into the church. He's not just with, with us when we open our Bible. He's not just with us when we get on our knees. He is constantly with us. But we grieve him when we ignore him and we don't acknowledge that he is always with us. He's like, oh, you want this? Hey, 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 ask me, ask me. Hey, you need this? Hey, hey, I'm here. Ask me, ask me. And we go moping and mourning around. I don't have this. I don't have that. And he's like, I'm here. I'm here. He's the backer of all of heaven's resources. And yet we go around. Oh, I don't have nothing. Oh, it's me. We grieve him. We grieve him when we don't. Acknowledge, acknowledge him. He is, he is the advocate. He is the counselor. He is the one ever with us. And we talked about the first week, we also went into the first uh, aspect, the peace. The Holy Spirit is the peace. And it's not the worldly idea of peace. We talked about there's a difference between the world's peace and God's peace. The world's peace says that the kids have to be quiet. I can't be fighting with my husband. Uh, the TV can't be on. Everybody has to be quiet. Shh, shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. Now I have peace. That's the world's idea of peace. Jesus said, I'm not giving you as the world gives you. I'm not giving you the world's peace. I'm giving you my peace. And his peace can stand up in the middle of a storm in a boat and say, peace, be still. And it silenced the storm. But his peace can also be the presence as the fourth person in the fire. 
He doesn't say, I'm removing you from all the trials. I'm removing you from all the problems. He said, you will have, you will be more than overcomers. You will be conquerors, what? In all these things. That's his peace. Not the world's idea of peace. His peace. It's, on a, it's an unshakable kingdom within that cannot be disturbed by any outside force. His peace. The Holy Spirit stays, remains, abides upon that atmosphere of heaven, that peace, the atmosphere of heaven. So it's our job to constantly be aware of it, to maintain it. doesn't matter what our circumstances are screaming or our kids are screaming or anybody else is screaming. Still have that undescribable peace. How can you be so calm when all this is... It's his peace. It's not my peace, it's his peace. It's our job to maintain it. And then he gives us this promise. I love it in Romans where he says, the prince of peace, if you maintain that peace, if you maintain Jesus as the prince of peace, his peace in me, he will soon crush Satan. Not under his feet. He's already done that. He said, I'm going to crush him under your feet. Oh, I like that. I mean, really, when we get to heaven, the word says that we're going to look at Satan and go, you? You're the one that tormented nations? You're the one that kept me trembling on my bed in fear? You're the one that caused me to, uh, you're like a bug. It needs to be squashed under my feet. And there's only one way to do that. It's not claiming the mountain it's not it's the peace and then Jesus said I'll crush him under your feet oh I love it because it, it, he fights the battle and he calls us the mighty warrior he says peace be still stand there and watch me fight on your behalf and then I'll come back tag you on the back pat you on the back Yay, good job, mighty warrior. Yay me, I guess. I did something? Maintain that peace, that prince of peace. And then last week we focused on the presence. The presence is that we host the presence of God within us and upon us. We read the scripture where it says the fullness of the deity in us the fullness of the deity in us his presence in us we looked at three aspects of that the presence is the person of God the very God of the universe in me the presence of God manifests the power of God where does God go that he doesn't manifest his power even the trees declare his glory he said, even the rocks will cry out. I like that. And that the presence of God is the very king's domain, the kingdom of God in me. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you've been paying attention and pay attention again today, you notice all three of these messages describe righteousness, peace, and joy. 
in the Holy Spirit. There's nothing else. Did you know all of your salvation is wrapped up in that? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness is the stand against sin. It covers sin. Righteousness, peace, peace, the inner turmoil, demons, the activity, peace, and joy. What does it say? Joy, healing. There's healing in laughter. There's healing in joy. I mean, Bill Johnson says it all the time. God's not mad at you. Have you figured that one out? He's in a good mood. He loves you. The praise, declare, healing, breakthrough. Come on. We talk about sozo. We talk about being, being saved. That God doesn't just save you one part. He saves the Trinity, the all of you. So it's the righteousness, the peace, and the joy. That is the very kingdom of heaven in the Holy Spirit. But he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Listen, it's not apart from. It's not his kingdom's here and his righteousness is here. Actually, that word is put into the same alignment as where 1 Corinthians 13, it says, and of these, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And he says, the greatest of these is love. Same thing here. Seek first his kingdom and the greatest of, and his righteousness. And the greatest is his righteousness. Why? Because it deals with us being in a right standing with God. It starts there. Remember when we went through the series, Sit, Walk, Stand? How first you have to know where you're seated in heavenly places. You first have to know that you're in right standing with God. And then everything else flows from there. Right standing with God. We also learn that righteousness is not just about right standing with God. Again, like this sit, walk, stand, know where you're seated with him in Christ. But it's walking in accord with his divine nature. Righteousness. Right standing with God and walking in accord with his divine nature. He said, seek that above. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God which is righteousness, peace, and joy, and know how to walk out his righteousness in divine accord. Jesus said, preach the kingdom of God. This is all last week. The kingdom of God, what? Is here. Is here. It's here. Then it's here. The kingdom of God in you is here. And here, if we all said here at the same time, you'd think that we was loony, right? But here is here. Here is wherever we go. Preach the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's here. So wherever I go, I carry the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit is the very paper, the list of all the resources of heaven. And he says they're here. Where? Here. And then here. And then Jesus says, when you, he says, go preach. The kingdom of God is here. And then he taught us how to pray. And he said, what? Pray the kingdom come. Where? Here. <laughs> here on earth as it is in heaven. You're like, well, I don't know what heaven looks like. Well, read your word for one thing. But then think, think for a second. Can sickness Abide in heaven. No. 
So if we're carrying the kingdom of God and he said, pray, pray, the kingdom come here as it is in heaven. And you know what? He also said, if you see anything that, that doesn't belong in heaven, you see it on earth, bind it and lose heaven. So sickness bound in Jesus' name and heavenly health loosed upon them. Pray, the kingdom come now, now on earth. So the presence is the fullness of the deity in you and upon you, establishing the kingdom of God here on earth wherever you go. Not just in here. It's not these four walls. Actually, this is, this is like a Holy Spirit tune-up when you come in on Sundays or a fuel-up. All right. You remember the old service gas stations where you pull up and the guy comes running out with the cute little hat and the, the uniform and he'd you'd roll down your window and say, fill her up. Can I check your oil? Can I check this and open the hood? And he's checking there and check your air pressure. That's what Sundays are for the Christian. Let's just tune you up. Let's just fill you up. Let's get that crap off you, scrape the bugs off your windshield, right? Get you back out there. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is wherever you go. And that's why we're here. We need to invade earth with the kingdom of heaven. All right, so we're jumping into this week. So today we're going to focus the last one, which is the promise. The promise. We are called to be a people of promise. There are more than 5,000 promises in the Bible. They're there to give us hope. They're there like anchors for us to hold on to. That when the turmoil is going through, the scripture that says God works out all things to the good for those who love him. If it's not good, it's not the end. So I don't know why this is happening, but I know there's a promise I can hold on to. That's why you have over 5,000 of them. There's only 365 days in a year. So if you hold on to five promises a day, am I getting close to my math there? You still have more than enough for the entire year. So keep holding on and keep holding on. They're supposed to build up our faith. They give us hope. You know the scripture that says that he will, God will not give you more than you can bear? But with the trial, he'll give you a way of escape so that you can endure under it. Now, wait a minute here. That one blows my mind. Because I used to believe that said, oh, okay, so there's the escape route. So if it's too much for me to handle, God, you won't give me too much so I can escape. That's not what that says. He said he'll give you a way of escape so that you can stand up under it. That's the promise. God, I might be under it. I might be going under it. I might be going through it, but I'm not going to set up camp during it. Sing Kumbaya, where are you, Lord? Come and rescue me. He's like, I already gave you a promise. There's already uh, a light at the end of your tunnel. Don't sit down. Don't make camp. Keep walking. You're going to get out of this. You can handle this. That's what promises do. 
aw snap. I like that. Awesome. That's even better than amen. He gave me an aw snap. I like that. Dwight Moody said, let a man feed for a month on the promises of God, and he will not talk about his poverty. If he would only go from Genesis to Revelation and see all the promises made by God to all his people everywhere, if you would feed but a month on those precious promises of God, you would not go about complaining about how poor you are, but you would lift up your head with confidence and proclaim the riches of his grace because you could not help it. What did we read at the end of last week? Lift up your head. Lift up you head, all you gates. Fling wide you ancient doors. Those old ways of thinking. Throw them wide open. Lift up your head. Why? So the king of glory can come in. Feast on the promises of God. And you can't help but proclaim his goodness. No matter what's going on around you, what you're going through, his promises will keep me going. The greatest promise, obviously, is the promise of the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said, you wait, and I will give you, I will send you what my Father has promised. From Joel, where he said, I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And each... Uh, on each of my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. So let's read. I, I hope you got there by now. Ephesians 1, just a couple verses. Because this is it. When the Holy Spirit comes, it says in verse 13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Why? To the praise of his glory. I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit is a seal, a deposit, and the praise of God in and through us. A seal guarantees we belong to God's kingdom. It's a seal of ownership. Let me show you that in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 21 and 22. He says, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. A seal guarantees we belong to God's kingdom. A seal of ownership, a deposit guarantees the kingdom resources belong to us now. And the Holy Spirit brings praise to God through us, his possession. We're marked in him with a seal. A seal guarantees we belong to God's kingdom. I like that. In the armor of God, it's called the helmet of salvation. I did research on that, and it actually, I think it was Matthew Henry that says it was because in those ancient days, 
that helmet bore the symbol of whose army you belong to. The helmet of salvation marks you to whose you belong. The Holy Spirit is that, that seal that guarantees you belong to another kingdom. You are just a foreigner passing through. Aliens and strangers, right? John 17, 16, Jesus said, They are not of the world even as I am not of it. So as much as Jesus walked around, right, carrying the kingdom from where he was from, he invaded earth with that kingdom. He said, just as I did, you will do. A seal is a sign of authority. Remember back in the days of kings, how they had that signet ring. It was a seal. It was their seal. So they would make a decree. They would pour a little wax on the paper and they would stick their signet ring into it. It was a seal of authority. Now it bore the very authority of the throne. The seal on your life is the sign of authority to the enemy. Remember a while ago, I preached that message about, you know, it comes out of ooh, Psalms or Proverbs. Now I'm drawing a blank where it says that he gives us the shield of his victory. What well, in the armies, the shield also bore the symbol of whose army you belong to. And Jesus said, I set before you my shield of victory. He's already went into the battle. He's already tore up the enemy then he comes back with his blood soaked shield sets it in front of you and now says and then says now you take a stand because no demon in hell will be able to pass that shield he'll see that shield see that mark and say I'm out it's a sign of authority the Holy Spirit is your seal Guaranteeing whose kingdom you belong to and the seal of authority that you bear. I like it. I, he calls us ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are apostles sent by God. And I dove into this last week and the week before you're going to get sick of me saying this, but it was like mind blowing to me when I dug into this and then had another pastor confirm this, that they did the same research so that I don't feel like a moron just, did I do this? Am I thinking this right? I know you've never done that, right? Where God shows something to you and you're like, I'm going to look for confirmation, you know, does other people see this too? Well, the apostle, the word apostle, because we are apostles, we are sent ones. That was the Great Commission. He said, now go. That was our commission. That was our mission. We are sent ones. And he used the word apostles back then because to them, in, in Roman culture, actually it originated with the Greeks, but then Rome took that word because it was so common, it described their job responsibility. Just like we know what a CFO is or a CEO or, you know, we, we know that, I can say accountant, and you automatically think about their, the description of, of their job, right? Same thing with apostle. Back then, they knew exactly what apostle meant. 
Apostle was a sent one. Means from the kingdom he originated in. The king would declare, go take that nation. He would send his apostles to go take over that place and then make it a duplicate of the original. So wherever they were sent, they had to make it or, or, or cultivate it. I mean, I could throw up a bunch of Old Testament that you'll see that happening. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, remember? Where he was training up the wise men. Why? Because they were doing all the things. They had to cultivate that culture that replicated where they came from, the original. They had to duplicate that. So to be called an apostle, a sent one, means that you're going to go wherever you go, carrying ambassadors, carry the very authority of the one that they're sent from. And then duplicate the original kingdom you're from wherever you go. You see that now? It's not wherever we go, get on our knees and pray that God will come and move on our behalf. He's given you a responsibility. He's put the words in your mouth. Actually, he said, you speak to the mountain. He said, go wherever you go. What? Say the kingdom of heaven is here. And then make it so. Bind, loose, carry. I've told you this before that I, I got to sit with the ambassador of Burundi, 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 Burundi. Thank you. And there is, he knows what authority he carries. He knows as the ambassador that even his, and he did, he went through the whole story with us, that he carries the very essence of the king that sent him. So everything he does, everything he says, the way he carries himself, how he looks, how he speaks, how he listens, he said, all reflect back upon his, the throne where he came from, the king that sent him. So he even, when I was sitting there with a, a handful of people in the mayor's house getting to soak in, you know, this man's wisdom, he even pulled up his pant leg and showed us his socks. He said, even my socks have to represent the kingdom where I come from. He carried himself with dignity because he understood his responsibility. And see, too many Christians go around, oh, woe is me. And people are looking at us like, what kingdom are you from? And you want me to serve your God? Come on, the devil's out there throwing his weight around like he's something big. Because we that carry the kingdom of God don't stand up and show God off. Yeah. He could do it without us, but he didn't want to. That's why he created us. He wants to partner with us. We bring more hell to Satan when God shows his glory through us than if he was to just do it on his own. Because Satan knows he can do that. But we torment Satan more by being the apostles, the sent ones, the loved ones, the approved ones. The fullness of his deity in me. Hi, baby girl. Sorry, grandbaby's waving at me through the glass. Distractions. 
The Holy Spirit, he's our seal. He's our deposit. Here's our deposit. Guaranteeing, listen to this. The way it's worded here, because some people have gotten this mixed up. <clears throat> Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption. I've heard people preach that, well, that's just your place in heaven. That's your deposit that you have a place in heaven. Oh, that's my get out of hell free card? Because the way I'm reading it is it's a deposit guaranteeing my inheritance until, which means when the until happens, I don't need a deposit anymore. When I take possession of a car, I don't need to carry a deposit with me for my car. I would have my car. What do I need the deposit for any longer? That deposit guarantees all of heavens, everything of heaven, all the inheritance of heaven that you're going to walk in and enjoy when you get there are yours now. And let me just be careful because this is where I think most, I'm not, anyway, this is where we can get off into selfish salvation. When you're sucking on the bottle of heaven for your enjoyment, for your benefit, I want more, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, you won't go any farther than that bottle. You have to limit the flow to a baby, right, in a bottle. Otherwise, I mean, you can't stick a hose in the baby's face and you're like that, right? You kill the baby, right? Same thing. All of heaven's resources are at our disposal, but until we open up and realize why they're at our disposal, which is for us to open up through us, through us. so they come through us for others, for others, then we're limiting. If we sit here and just me, 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 suck, 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 bottle, 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 he's going to say, okay, trinkle, trinkle, trinkle. That's all I can give you. Even though he has the fire hose of heaven of blessing wanting to pour through you, if he opened that up on you when you're like, me, 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 he would kill you. You understand. He can't do it. And that's where most of us are caught in that, that poverty mindset or that entitlement mindset where it's all about me, 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 me. He's like, you've just limited heaven and the resources because I can't give you any more. It will kill you. But the minute we realize what we're here for or who we're here for, Others. It's not about me. It's about others. It's about his love to others, reaching the lost, running after the wayward one, feeding, healing, setting free. Here, when it's about others, then he's like, hose of heaven. And then he can pour it through you. You'll understand that there's that difference. So the, the, the deposit guarantee all heaven's resources, again, Keep your mind focused on why it's coming, why it's there, what it's there for. The whole Wealthy Place seminar that's coming up is not about you to get rich quick so that you can have a better house, so you can have a better car, so you can, you can, you can, you can, you can. It's not about that at all. It's about stepping into that wealthy place of resources so that the kingdom of God can be advanced. 
so the sick in our own county will be healed, so the hungry in our own school will be fed. So when somebody calls up here on the phone wanting a gas card, we don't have to turn them away because we don't have any resources. It's breaking my heart that 85% in our county are unchurched, and what are we doing about it? You can't just preach here in these four walls and, and wait for them to come to you. You have to go to them. And it takes money to do that. It's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Listen, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Listen to this according to the power that is already at work within you. Immeasurably more than all you could think, or and you know me, I can dream. I can think some wild things. And he says, even beyond your greatest imagination, how can that happen? By the Holy Spirit that's already at work within you. To him who believes. You understand that? He wants to do. He wants to open up the windows of heaven. And pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Why? Because it's not about you. It's not for you to hold it all in. It's mine, 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 mine. So that you can spill out. I pray that you all leak this week. In such a way that you look like little sprinklers of God's love everywhere you go. <laughs> Feeding this person, you know. Revival breaks out here. Revival breaks out. Shop and save. I'm still praying for shop and save. It will get It will be shop and we did all get saved. Come on. They'll have to get up there with a marker and write that in. Oh, you want to meet Jesus? Go to the shop and we all got saved. And he said, now go. Listen, go. You have everything you need. Everything in you. The power's already at work in you. Everything you can think or imagine will happen. Why? Because the power's in you. The kingdom of heaven is there. He is the backer of every promise. Go ahead. Step into places of impossibilities. Because that's when he'll make it possible. But see, we go through our normal Christian life and we can do this. We can do this. It's, we're just doing it. Where's he needed? We're grieving his heart because he, he waits eagerly for us to put him in places of impossibilities for him to show off his glory. Not because he's egotistic. Look at me. Look at me. It's because he wants to show Look at me. You're wondering where to go? Look at me. You're wondering where love is? Look at me. You're wondering where hope is? Look at me. That's his glory on display. That's what the world is waiting to see. They're walking around, I mean, like the walking dead here, like zombies in, in, you know, in the last days, looking for... And we carry it. We carry it. The very kingdom of heaven. And yet we only want to show it off when we're in these four walls. Did I get a snap, Austin? Oh, he left me. 
Dang it. Okay. Jesus said, greater works will you do than even I did. Listen, that blows my mind to think about. Why? He says, because I'm going to the Father. He sits on the edge of the throne at the right hand of God and says, look at him, look at him, Holy Spirit, get him, look at him, go, 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 go. The backer of heaven, the intercessor for us. So that when we step in places of impossibility, I can just see Jesus standing up. There they go. There they go. He says, go into all the world. He didn't say, go into all the world and pray for people and walk away and slip them a track and hope that they find me. No. He said, go into all the world. Heal the sick. Oh, raise the dead. Oh, but everybody dies in God's timing. Oh, malarkey. Otherwise, Jesus would be working against God's will. If everybody got died in God's timing, then Jesus, when he raised the dead, would have been working against God's will. So that's not true. What does your enemy come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, raise the dead. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. What else? Cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And Jesus said, and I will be with you. He is the backer. You bring him. You stand up in front of somebody at shopping. They all need to get saved. And wherever. And when you see that they're sick, they've got a pain. And you feel that mm, of heaven. That cannot exist. Kingdom of heaven is here. Kingdom of heaven is here. That can exist. He didn't say just pray for him and slip out. He said put him in impossibilities. Why? Because when kingdom, kingdom, God's domain, the king's domain comes close, sin has no alternative but to bow. Sickness has no alternative but to bow. The king's domain, you are an ambassador of Christ. You are the king's possession. You bear the seal of the Holy Spirit, the mark of his authority. You understand you should see yourself differently. There should be a dignity in the way you carry yourself, not of, oh, I'm better than you, but I bear the very seal of the king. I carry the blood-soaked shield of his victory that no demon can stand against. So wherever you go, you see this, wherever you go, impossibilities have to bow. He wants us to be moving continually in impossible situations. Heaven demands impossibilities to be the norm in every believer's life. It's just normal Christianity. Because if Jesus was here, would that sickness stand? If Jesus were here, would that boy be in turmoil, tormented by that evil spirit? No. But where is Jesus? The kingdom of heaven is here. Wherever you go, he said, I will be with you. 
Listen, you should be constantly aware of the Holy Spirit with you because of this. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In you, that peace, his peace in you. Your inner reality, Bill Johnson says it all the time, your inner reality becomes your external reality. That's how Peter's shadow healed that sick man. It's not because Peter did something. Listen, you don't have to say the right words. You don't have to do the right movement. You don't have to get in the right posture. You know, you don't have to have not done this or had to have done all of this before you can do what he's commissioned you to do. Because it's not about you. Our part, stay in him. In the Holy Spirit. In him. In him. Then watch him move through you. Watch him move through you. When you stay in him, wow, that's both. It's in him, in him. I know if you're just listening to the audio, sorry, you, you don't get the revelation here. But it's us in him that makes him in us. So then we stand, we walk in accord with his divine nature. Why? Because we carry him in us. Our responsibility, open up those gates. Swing wide those ancient doors so that the king of glory can come in. The prince of peace soon crushed Satan underneath your feet. And listen, this is all, listen, this is all for the praise of his glory. See, the end of this verse said why? It's all for the praise of his glory. Jesus said, remember, in the, I think it was the first week where we talked about the Holy Spirit. We read John, I think it's John 16 where it gave the job description, basically, of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will take from all that is mine and make it a reality, make it known, make it a reality to you. Why? For his glory. For his glory. All we do, all we say when we're tucked in him is for his glory. So we don't walk in and say, everybody bow to me. The greatness has arrived. No, we do carry the greatness. But it's not about us. It's about him. Where we don't even have to say the right thing. We don't have to get in the right posture. We don't have to remember the right prayer. We can just be walking through shop and save. See, shop and save is on God's heart for some reason today. Maybe we all need to go to shop and save afterward. We could be pushing our cart through shop and save and revival break out. Why? Because we carry the kingdom of heaven wherever we go. A shadow will heal. I like that. That It says that the healing is in his wings. Healing is in his wings. The wings described as the edge of the garment. That there's healing in his wings. Angels are also called the wings, the wind of God. That healing is there. The angels of heaven are ministers, what, of his word. When we speak his word, they move on that behalf. 
That's why Jesus said, I only speak the words I hear my father speak. Why? Because he knew where the power was. When we speak in agreement with heaven, when we speak the words of God, what he told us to speak, that's when mountains move. Why? Because the angels peek up and say, I know that word. I'll move on that. Prayer brings us into alignment with God's kingdom on the inside, which gives us the ability to release God's kingdom to the outside. Prayer keeps you in, seated in heavenly places. And that right relationship, and let me say righteousness again, because I think too many people turned it around to be all about the good things you have to do to be righteous. And it's not that at all. It's being in right standing with God. It's moving and walking in accord to his divine nature, righteousness. Right standing with God, or uh, like he revealed to me this morning, um, I'm standing right with God. Right with God. God's right with me. Wherever I go, righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness that wherever I go, God's right here with me. I'm right here with God. God's with me wherever I go. Don't forget that. That's the constant awareness that I hope this series helped awaken in every one of us. That the Holy Spirit is right there with us, all of us, all the time. The great promise, remember, he breathed on them. For all. He said the promise was for all. For all. Holding on to God's promises gives us joy to sing while going through the storm. I mean, the guy's locked up in prison. And let me just paint a picture for you. Probably naked. Naked, sitting there, chained up. Do you think they got to get up and go to the toilet too? No. Think of where the toilet was. Where they sat naked in the dark. It said so dark that they couldn't see each other in the darkness, in their own feces, in the cold, chained up, and they sang. The kingdom of God is not about your circumstances being in right order, it's about you being in right order. Then you'll be able to sing. Then the joy will come in the morning. Then what happened to the shackles that was binding them? Come on. Then the Prince of Peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy, healing in the wings. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And I like this scripture here if I wrote it down. Yep, John 17, 13, Jesus said, I say these things while I am still in the world so that, they're, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Yeah. Jesus not only gave you his peace, he gave you his joy. And he said the full measure of his joy. The joy that helped him to endure the cross. Yeah. 
he put in you. So your momentary trials and tribulations and things that you think are lasting forever just cannot compare when you're holding fast to his joy in you. Again, it's the promise, the hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel because he will work out everything for your good for those who love him. Mask Lakato has this declaration. He says that he got just, he said, into his craw. He just constantly repeats over and over again. He says, we are building our lives on the promises of God because his word is unbreakable and our hope is unshakable. We do not stand on the problems of life or the pain in life. We stand on the great and precious promises of God, period. Period. You hear me say it all the time. God said it. I believe it. That's it. God said it. I believe it. That's it. Nothing more. Well, how can you explain? I don't need to. God said it. I believe it. That says it. It's all that matters. If I can get the worship team to come back up. The Holy Spirit, the peace, the presence, the promise. Bringing the kingdom of heaven here on earth in you and through you. Don't forget that because if it's just about you, if it's just in you, you can't handle the truth. Oh, that'll preach. You can't handle it. He has the fire hose of heaven he wants to release. But if it's just about you and what you can get, then you get to suck on this little bottle then. That's all you get. The kingdom of heaven here on earth, in you and through you, wherever you go, will give him praise and glory to be seen on the earth. That's why we're here, people. Come on. If it was all about you, the minute you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, poof, you'd be gone. Right? Because if I, well, I think I'm a pretty good mom, Isaiah. Am I a pretty good mom? Yeah, pretty good. Am I a better grandma? Okay. As a good mom, knowing that there's an enemy out there that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you, the minute you said yes to me, I would pull you out, right? And put you in a place where the enemy couldn't get you anymore. If it was just all about you. But it's not. That's why we're still here. Because it's all about them. You've already got your seal. You've already got your deposit. We're here for others. Then heaven stands up. <laughs> Get out the fire hose. I think they finally got it. Endless release. All of the resources of heaven. In him. In him. Righteousness. Peace. And joy. In the Holy Spirit 
Today is Communion Sunday, so I want us to camp on that as we get ready to close. Um, we're going to open up the altars. The ushers are going to come and take their stand so that you can come up and partake of communion. I'll lead you after everybody's been served. I'll, I'll lead you and we'll pray for the elements together and then we're going to worship together. Um, but I want us to just think about this a second because the great sacrifice God sent his one and only son, right? To die in our place while we were yet sinners. Christ died in our place. Do you understand that he opened the door for all of heaven to be reconciled with all of earth? The cross, the very bridge between the two. And he gave us then a ministry of reconciliation so that we can take each other's hand and walk across that cross to a right standing with God. Jesus opened up the way. So he says, do this in remembrance of me until he comes back in his glory and we are seated with him and we get to share. He said, I'm not even going to drink of the vine again until I sit down with you in my father's glory. But he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Not so we can, oh, it was so horrible. Remember, it was for the joy set before. Actually, in the Old Testament, sorry, in the New Testament, the celebration of the communion was done in such a celebratory way. That's how they got into error. That's how they got into error about making it a big love feast because it was a huge celebration. See, most of the time, though, when people take communion today, they sing. He's not on the cross anymore, people. That's the celebration. The enemy has been crushed under his feet. Death and Hades are set for a day, but not for your day. Okay? Come on. The communion is a time of celebration that all of heaven's resources, the reconciliation of the earth to the Father is all open. Wide open. His love has already been given. His forgiveness has already been offered. Your redemption has already been paid. You understand that's the great celebration of communion. So when we come up and we take communion, I want you to, I just want to kind of direct your thoughts though. Go remain in Him. He talked about in the Holy Spirit, righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Spirit, remain in Him. Let Him remain in you. But then Jesus also taught, remember where He says that I am the vine and you are the branches? Apart from me, you can do nothing. But he said, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, then go ahead and ask for anything. But he talked over and over again in that scripture about, it's your job, you remain in me, and then I will remain in you. You notice how everything like that, he throws out your responsibility, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. If you love me, you'll do command. He's, Jesus says, I call you friends. 
But you notice he also says, I call, uh, greater love, wait a minute. You are my friends if you do what I command. Our job, remain in him. Remain in him. Remain in him. So while the ushers come up, if I can get you to come up and take your stand here and here, uh, the team's going to play a song while we come up and get the elements. And then